Welcome to In the Works by Career Services at the University of Calgary. My name is David and I am with, today I'm with Labib and Harrison. Say hello. Hey everybody, how are you doing? Back for an episode two of the season two. Good morning everyone. Yeah, so you heard Labib first there and then Harrison <laughs> second. Uh, what's today's topic, Labib? Yeah, so today we're going to talk about careers in influencing. Um, so, you know, those micro celebrities, if you would like to call it that, people who are unconventional careers path, career paths that uh, choose to pursue like online type of career where uh, they've become a celebrity of their own kind and they post their own posts and they earn by their own time. And they're not really following any specific uh, like degree uh, area. We can go into more detail later, but uh, we can start off by just talking about uh, some of our favorite Instagrammers or TikTokers or YouTubers and see where they started and where they are now. Yeah, sure thing. I'll, I'll start with that one. Um, I guess on the geeky side of my interests, I'm into anime and gaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a, there's a group of YouTubers who came together uh, to do their own little podcast and, and YouTube vids called Trash Taste. Uh, and they all started... Um, doing it as a hobby, right? Uh, they were uh, they were doing it at school uh, as well as a side gig uh, from their job. One uh, one uh, the presenters uh, started off at the BBC, uh, and he and he felt that you know he wasn't getting that uh, work life balance. Uh, another presenter, you know, graduated with engineering, uh, and you know he just pursued his love of voice acting uh, rather than engineering. Uh, so it's just very interesting to see all these guys come together. Uh, and and just you know talk about their interests and and still make money and still get a lot of subscribers for doing so. What about you, David? Um, for me, I'm not really big into the social media type stuff, but I, I there are some influencers and things like that that I follow on on LinkedIn and and YouTube. Um, but they're terrible for me to say they're not popular like i i I like classical music and opera and 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 i don't know if there's a lot of influencers in in sort of those areas or at least that i'm familiar with and the thing about that is that if someone has a niche following too they can build upon those and you know they can treat their fan base as like a family and sometimes i even hear youtubers saying this in their video they come up with names for their following instead of just calling them fans they'll be like some creative name to make them become part of the family, make them feel like I know you on a personal level, which let's be honest, they don't. They don't know who's watching them. All they they know is that they know an age group that is watching them and, you know, where the location is from they're watching, but they don't know who's exactly watching. So they build that fan connection with them. Um, I want to shed some light on what Harrison said about the podcast group. Um, I just want to focus on the group part because I know we can talk about individual people that come up. uh, They choose not to do like university uh, education and then they go into the field of like online media and uh, content creation. But then they also bring up their friends with them sometimes. And a lot of groups on YouTube or a lot of celebrities on YouTube are groups. Um, even single names like Mr. Beast is one of the biggest YouTubers. He brought up his friends with him at the same time. Um, and now he's like, I think it's like 80 million subscribers, which is crazy. And he has his friends with them. They do all kinds of videos, but it's just that when they started out, it wasn't just him. It was a group of people. Now they're like, he brought them with them together. I would like, like just to 
separate that from university education where it's all on your own. You don't have any, you have your peers, but you don't have anyone that's like there with you to stick it out. But that's just a positive and I'm just trying to think of positives. And then with that, I think comes the important part of jobs, which is revenue. Um, so how do people in this career make money? Uh, yeah, I'll take this one. <clears throat> uh, I'm, I'm by no means a an expert on this. This is just me reading stuff. Uh, so if we were to take TikTok uh, for for an example, uh, just on their website, uh, they 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 tell you how you can make this money. So for people that are starting off, they have this creator fund. Uh, so they'll help you try to get those subscribers. If you hit a certain point, uh, they'll give you a bit more money from what I was reading. In addition to that, um, you can also take uh, the package, if I'm understanding correctly, uh, an advertising package. And as long as you say, hey, I'm going to support, uh, have this uh, ad on my TikTok, uh, then you also get money that way. I'm sure this model is uh, can be mo- uh, can is probably used in YouTube and, and other ones. Uh, but yeah, uh, this is just based on what I was reading on TikTok. In addition to that, uh, you know, these brands can approach you uh, as an influencer and say, hey, uh, if you do a shout out for us, uh, we'll give you anywhere from, you know, 5,000. And I guess in Kylie Jenner's uh, situation, 1 million uh, per shout out. Uh, So this this just seems how they're making their money. Mm -hmm. And for like regular YouTubers and for everyone who can't see me, I just did air quotes because regular, I mean like smaller YouTubers that are a little down to earth and not a billion followers or something like that. So for those people, they have AdSense, AdSense revenue on YouTube where uh, they're not getting them directly from uh, companies, but company pays YouTube and then YouTube pays them in AdSense money. And basically, the more like family-friendly your content is, the more uh, money you earn on those videos. And as Harrison just mentioned, sponsored posts. Um, it's sometime in this, like after YouTube was a thing, companies realized that, you know, we can just reach them directly instead of going to YouTube and pay these to vouch for us. Oh, I've been using this product for this many years. You should try it too. And uh, you know, that's how they, they get paid for it. It doesn't matter if they actually use the product. They can say that it's against the law or to whatever to lie about it, but it's uh, they just have to disclose that it's a sponsored post and they can say their opinion or whatever. So there's a lot of like revenue places that money can come in from. What, this is new. Like, like, what do people think of this? Because I think it was it was probably Zuckerberg that from Facebook that came up with that idea of liking things, mm-hmm. right? And and I, I kind of like this idea of somebody that I look up to, like maybe Shaquille O'Neal. That's somebody I follow on Instagram, and if he likes something or if he posts something about a company. I'm going to believe it because I like Shaq. Yeah. Um, Do you remember when Beats were a big thing? I mean, I don't know if they still are, but they did this huge marketing campaign where every music video had beat, like a beat headphones and beat pill speakers. Um, Every uh, musician artist was wearing beat headphones. uh, And like, they just spent so much money on marketing of it um, that kids or people who were buying them they didn't care how they sounded which is the point of headphones they just yeah. bought them because you know lebron was wearing them i'm gonna get them um, my favorite artist drake was wearing them i'm gonna get them because he wears them i wear them we hear the music the same way or whatever so um it goes a long way when companies do this big marketing worldwide basically um and people see that and they trust it that you know this person i look up to is doing something or has something that i want i'm gonna get it as simple as that basically 
It's um, funny that you mentioned that. Um, I was looking for headphones for a bit, oh. and uh, Reddit being uh, the hive mind, no, not the hive mind, just being how niche uh, each of their subreddits are. Uh, they're always bashing the Beats headphones uh, for the quality. You know, if if anybody does the research, they'll find that the Beats headphones don't have a good quality. Uh, and it sort of links to what you were saying before. Like Forbes uh, uh, did a uh, small little article on this too, and it's just like you know, uh, based on the polls, they found that. Like a good chunk of people, like sixty-three percent is is what they're saying. Uh, they find that influencers really influence their decision uh, to uh, yeah. to go for that product. You know, they find it more compelling uh, because they've been following this person, and you know now they're adopting their thoughts uh, and and their beliefs essentially. But I like that concept because, like. I'm just throwing in an aside here, but I love Jimi Hendrix, right? And Jimi Hendrix died in 1971, a long, long time ago. Um, but I found a list of albums that Jimi Hendrix liked. So I was mm-hmm. like, holy cow, I got to listen to those albums because Jimi listened to them. So I, I think that idea is is a good idea. And and you know what? The albums that Jimi Hendrix listened to were really, really good. And I could hear that in Jimi's music a little bit. So I like this idea of celebrities, influencers. But, I mean, it's got to be legit, yeah. right? Like, I don't like LeVon... Um, Wearing head, LeVon brain, <laughs> James bringing headphones and everybody buying them left, right, and center, and the headphones were crap. Like what? What went on there? Yeah, that's not good, right? Uh, do you think there's luck involved in influencing? Like when they're coming up, based on what I'm seeing, it's a combination mm. of the two, right? Uh, so, if we were to take uh, that Trash Taste podcast as as an example, um, they they talk about uh, you know content creation and and the whole idea of social media influencing uh, at some point in time. Yeah, luck is going to bring the people in. You might have uh, this uh, really great video that you posted uh, and it got a million views. Uh, but if you're not constantly keeping up that quality, uh, then you're going to lose those viewers. Uh, so it's definitely a combination. Yeah. And, and I was going to say, yes, luck is hugely important, not just in influencers' careers, but in everybody's careers. That's one of my mantras is I'm always saying luck is no accident and and kind of live like have your career so luck happens to you Mm -hmm. but you're right Harrison it's you got to get lucky but then you got to build on that luck and and quality we're all about quality yeah Yeah. I've heard some youtuber like podcasts and stuff too and interviews and bigger ones always talk about that yes they believe that it was luck early on maybe but then they say that you know Ever since like I got a little bit of following, they say this, uh, then they just start working hard at it. And then they know that if they keep going, they can reach a level better than before and they can keep growing. So I guess maybe like I agree with both of you, like luck is definitely there. Maybe 50 percent, maybe 80 percent or something. You never know. It depends on the creator. Right. But uh, it's it's skill there as well, because some YouTubers personally are, that I watch, like I watch a lot of tech, like tech YouTubers, tech reviews and stuff like that. And I know I've watched them from the beginning. I would like to say like they're they have skill they have like this is where i'm into video editing right now in my media studies and stuff so where i learned this from is why watching them and their work um and i'd say like maybe some other people do this as well but 
you just instead of like them selling a product, I'm learning from their work. I never thought of it like that until I just said it, but I guess that's true. Um, on a, like a funner note, speaking of YouTube, what do you guys think about them removing dislikes? For me, when I'm trying to f uh, fix something on my own, mm -hmm. I want to know if that uh, that video that's being posted uh, is is garbage. Uh, and I think them taking out the dislikes really hurts us as the consumer. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about whether this was, uh, you know, quote unquote, for us as a consumer or for uh, them as the uh, content creators. Uh, but from what I've been reading, it seems to really benefit uh, the bigger name companies. Uh, so <clears throat> sorry, I'm, I'm just going to keep on going on my sort of gaming uh, sort of streak here. Uh, but Blizzard uh, had released uh, one of their videos uh, about an upcoming game. I think it was uh, Diablo. Uh, and uh, the idea that they want to move towards a mobile gaming for Diablo. And anybody that loves this particular game uh, has been playing on PC for ages. Uh, so that video got a huge amount of dislikes. And essentially for, for YouTube to do that, uh, now by removing that, because the ratio of, of the dislikes to the likes uh, was like from 99% uh, to 1% of, of, of likes. Uh, so for them to hide that now, it uh, really shows, oh, uh, this is actually a good video because we've got 100,000 likes or something like that where, uh, against the million dislikes. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, the move to removing the dislikes uh, really benefits the bigger companies uh, than anything else. Do you happen to know, like personally, any YouTubers or like content creators or micro celebrities? Because I know there was this one person in university i can't remember his name but he was a youtuber and i was on campus one day when he was just walking around with, with his buddy with a camera and he was just doing like you know those street uh street uh, interviews type things and like little pranks and stuff um i think he has like four hundred thousand subscribers now which is pretty big like considering that he's still in uni so i don't really know him directly but i know of him uh do you guys know anyone no not personally what would mm -hmm. you no, but I do have a, a couple of friends that have lots of followers and I've never really asked them if they're getting money or I don't know what the cutoff is. Yeah, that is true. Because um, what, uh, how many followers does it take to become a celebrity, right? You never yeah. know. Is it 100,000, 200? I don't know. Maybe there is no set rule, right? There really isn't, but... Uh... Once again, as, as we were doing research for this, I came across like the different levels of influencers. Mm. Uh, so there's the macro influencers, the Kylie Jenners, the Pootie Pies, you know, that have a million plus uh, subscribers and followers. <clears throat> and then uh, you break it down into uh, the, uh, the micro uh, influencers. Uh, so as you get into it, uh, you also have the nano influencers too, who only have about like a thousand for, uh, or, or 4,000. So the, uh, the micro influencers have like a hundred K plus. Uh, so I think that's the big difference between these two. Uh, and, uh, as I was reading through this, um, it's interesting because the, the, the brands might be targeting these micro and these nano influencers a bit more uh, because uh, those followers are are sort of diehard followers. Yeah. Whereas with the macro ones, oh, you're just following them because, oh, they're big. Uh, but with the micro and the nano ones, uh, if, if you can have them talk about your product because they are now an expert on that, uh, on that niche topic, uh, then you can get a bit more uh, people buying into into what you're selling yeah 
you said the middle category was uh, ma- uh micro, micro i think i think yeah. it was macro micro the nano micro i think the micro categories where like self commodification falls into as well the bigger celebrities they're already there they have like Kylie Jenner you mentioned has her own makeup brand and she's already a billionaire but the middle uh creators the uh the micro ones uh how many cuz i know a lot that always try to sell not always but most of them try to sell a product like they all have merch like shirts and sweatpants and hoodies and stuff like that and i think that's a formula i guess some written rulers like that everyone does it mr b has them pewdiepie you mentioned has them um even smaller youtubers they sell their own merch and sometimes they even sell their own products i keep bringing it back to mr b because he's one of the biggest examples of uh self commodification he has he started i think it was last year during the pandemic pandemic uh his own chain of restaurants i think it's called beast burgers and in a conventional restaurant um you have physical locations what mr beast did was it's kind of still like online he just uh used ghost kitchens which basically is putting staff in kitchens that are already there like for example in the back of uh you know like catering services you pay them pay their employers to cook the meal for your recipe and then delivery apps will ship them for you and under the uh like their their own name so beast burgers and that way day 1 he launched i think like 50 locations across america day 1 no like you can't do that with physical locations right so and yeah. i i am just assuming he made millions already like it's been going on for so long a year plus so um that's one of the biggest examples of commodifications and making something and selling it to your audience so would you recommend like a career in celebrity um in social media if if a student comes to you and they're like oh, i don't i'm not interested in anything else i i have the skill or they believe they do and would you is it is it the age where you can recommend them that is this a good career choice maybe not for everyone but is if one person maybe yeah yeah mm-hmm. i mean of course but you got to take it small you can't rely on that right so just like the same way a student would be like i'm in biology and i want to go to med school and become a doctor it's like okay i can work with that um but that student might not get in to become a doctor like like that student might not be be able to have the following and backing to become an influencer but certainly try it out and see and and see small steps I don't know, Harrison, what do you think? Yeah, let's let's go with the scenario. Let's say a student has walked into my office or or we're talking online and they're thinking, "Oh man, uh I'm not sure if school's for me, uh but I've got uh this this YouTube account or uh my TikTok uh my TikTok account is really booming." Um I would probably just, you know, <clears throat> go through uh what i would do with any student that that was you know thinking about school and quitting right is just like so what is it that you dislike about school um but <clears throat> the other questions i'd be asking them is is like so let's look at your let's look at your viewer count let's uh, let's look at your subscriber count all right uh you've got all these metrics to work with are you seeing uh, an actual growth in that uh and uh and how much money are you making like let's look at the budget too i'm by no means uh an expert on budget right is this do you feel this is something that you can you know live off of like these are questions that i'd be asking them so that's how i would go about that conversation is just like put it in reality terms uh there's there's other people where it's just if if they said yes to all of this then i would say okay well at the very least 
tell you what, uh, here's an idea. Try it out for a year. Uh, and if you feel that, you know, uh, you're not able to see any growth within that one year, then maybe you should try, uh, you know, going back to school and seeing uh, what other options there are for you. So that's how we go about with, uh, yeah. with that conversation. Yeah. Because I know some of the uh, YouTubers are like graduates of high school. They don't have a diploma or they have a high school diploma, but not a like a bachelor's in anything. Uh, they don't go to university or colleges because they feel like they have enough skill that they've developed or they have enough grit to battle it out and make it on their own. And some do because we know that some have made it, but maybe you never know. Someone was a smaller YouTuber. You've never heard of them because they're not as big, right? So you would you would think that just because you've seen the bigger YouTubers are like not university students that it's easy to do, but you never know. Like smaller ones could have tried to do it. They failed or whatever the case may be. And you you just wouldn't know. So it's it's really up to the person that they believe in themselves that they can do this. Maybe I think that's might be the correct choice for them. And then also too, I mean, you also have to realize that whatever most people fail, like most people do not succeed I don't know what the number is, but like if a student that wants to be an NHL player, okay, great. That's something to work at and to strive for. But are you good enough to be an NHL player? Um, many are not. So I'm always saying to students, like you, if you want to, you know, be a singer or an opera star or whatever, be an influencer, hey, go for it. I'm not saying no, but small steps and then see see what happens but always have backup options mm -hmm. I, it's interesting i'm i'm like don't p make a career decision kind of keep your options open however have backup options yeah uh, you talked a little bit about linkedin in the beginning um just want to go back on that because linkedin is different than other platforms we talked about it's like work-based, employer-based, and mm -hmm. like connection-based. Like how do we represent ourselves on there? Because this is not for people to see, it's for employers to see and future employers or potential employers. How would we represent them, ourselves on LinkedIn um, that's, you know, eye-catching to employers? By being very professional and, and because especially like if you're a university student, I, I consider you to be, to be a professional. And so having everything on your LinkedIn professional and so no rants or no swears, no, um, like it, it's LinkedIn is a professional networking. It's not like Facebook where you can have pictures of you and your friends and parties and stuff like that. So you, you want to avoid all of the that stuff and have very good professional things on on your LinkedIn. So avoid um, also kind of ironic for me to say this, but make sure that all your spelling and grammar and everything is perfect on your LinkedIn mm -hmm. and, and no errors. Try to avoid um, references to marijuana, politics, drinking. Because um, yeah. those all have negative effects. Even even other platforms, would you say that if you're looking for an employer or a job, mm -hmm. um, would you say that those rules apply there as well? Yes, absolutely. It, it's your brand yeah. and you want to develop your brand. But if you're a university student, like I said, you're professional and you want your brand to be very professional across all the social media Um things because they an employer will check you they'll google your name before they 
call you in for an interview and they'll check it out and i want good things to pop up because remember anything you put on the internet stays there forever so like uh having gone through quite a few interviews myself uh before an interview after an interview i can see uh the interviewers the manager uh, has already looked me up on linkedin Uh, if they've done that step uh, then they've probably done a google uh name check on me too uh, and then, as you said, the more background checks, of course, depending on who, uh, what demographic you're working with, they'll do police checks too. But yeah. since we're on the topic of social media, uh, like I said, uh, if they're already doing a LinkedIn chat, they're probably also checking uh, any other social media that's attached to me. So let's bring it back to social media creators. How do they protect, protect themselves online and when they're in such a public limelight? It's tough for them, I, I imagine, right? Uh, so here we are, uh, all talking uh, from a place of of not a, no- a whole lot of knowledge. You know, we're 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 sort of uh, the uh, on our sofas talking about stuff that we don't quite know. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I've seen, uh, though, is that a lot of these creators, even though they're putting their name out, uh, they try their best to protect uh, and not. Uh, give out information in terms of how to contact them, uh, their personal numbers, uh, their emails, uh, their addresses. Uh, but the internet being what it is, uh, you know, their fans being either haters or, or lovers, uh, dig up all this information and they end up, uh, the, the term is doxing them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and <clears throat> a lot of these creators are trying to protect themselves uh, even if they are showing their faces. Uh, on the flip side, uh, as of, I guess, uh, close to 2020, uh, there's been a, a, a rising uh, niche of, of YouTubers called VTubers. And these people uh, are using uh, these digital avatars uh, to hide uh, their faces. Uh, and essentially, they're creating a character around this digital avatar. Um, and for the most part, uh, these avatars are, uh, they have an anime style like to them. Uh, but at the same time, other people are coming up with different styles to these avatars too. Uh, so, like I said, uh, this is how they're protecting their identity uh, in that sense. Yeah, and I think some of them have even gone so big as to they they can't even be in out in public anymore. They're like basically the the, the musicians of our time because you know when a musician's out there, there's paparazzi taking pictures. Some YouTubers can't even be out like doing grocery shopping; they'll get approached by fans or whatever like people that are just like can i get a picture like quickly and sometimes they're like oh, i just want to do some grocery shopping whatever and then some some of them even have to hire like personal security and not on the safety part of it but even just to manage some of them have managers now they hire other personnel they hire um they've gone so big that they hire editors they hire photographers they hire a whole crew around them um and then they've built like a whole you can even say like a company. Mm. As we're going through this conversation, it, it just sort of hit me. Uh, and I think it hit all of us is that uh, there is a hidden job market uh, in social media and, and supporting these influencers. We, we briefly touched this before, uh, before in, in the episode. Uh, but with all this money coming in and with the amount of content uh, that uh, these influencers, these uh, content creators are pushing out, uh, they need people uh, within, uh, I guess, the faculty of arts, uh, people with communications backgrounds, uh, with uh, with uh, marketing backgrounds, uh, to help them with that. Uh, so content 
uh, writers, uh, you need editors for them. Uh, on the videography side, uh, you need people with that sort of background uh, from the business side, as we mentioned, marketing, as well as uh, the, the vast amounts of money, you need a good accountant. Uh, on the tech side, uh, if they've got a, a website, uh, they can manage all this on their own, but it becomes much tougher if they're producing a lot of content. So they need web developers as well uh, to back them up on this. Uh, so it, it's sort of crazy when I think about all this is that uh, these social media influencers are now creating companies is, is what it is. Yeah, we can also talk about like the negative perception by the general public about it because they think it's, uh, it's easy to it's an easy life choice. It's an easy decision to or it's an easy career path as well. Like, oh, you just have to make a post on Instagram. How hard is that to get post that and get some money off of it? But just to edit one video, it's not easy. Like it's it's hard work and it takes time and it might take a week or maybe a week and a half um, if you're good at it. And it's, it's it's work. It's not it's not easy. Yeah. Well, persistence and grit make your career, I think, mm -hmm. in influencing as well. Absolutely. So thanks for tuning in to In The Works and we'll see you next time.